We all come into marriage with some preconceived notions as to what we think married life looks like, what our daily lives will be like, what our husbands will be like, how they will love us, how many kids we'll have, and thoughts of growing old together in a blissful marriage. However, somewhere along the line, we realize that our expectations are not being met. Our days are not the way that we had imagined that they would be, and we wonder, Were my expectations wrong? Why does he not love me the way that I want him to or that I think that he should? And how do I get my husband to change? Well, in today's episode, we're going to chat about where some of these expectations come from, what God says that they should be for a husband and a wife, and how when we follow God's commands, this can lead your husband to showing you the love that you desire. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right? to stop worrying all the time, and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord. Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, Grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. You've probably already brought to mind some of those expectations that you had before you got married, what you thought that it was going to be like, or what you thought that it should be. But as with any new adventure in life, Things do not always turn out the way that we think that they would. The dreams and the expectations that we had are soon replaced with real life, and we're left to wonder, where did we go wrong? Did I marry the wrong guy? Does he not really love me the way that I thought that he did? Is this the way that men truly are, or is there something wrong with me? Am I not pretty enough? Is there something that I need to be doing differently for him to really love me? More often than not, the problem lies with our own preconceived notions as to what we thought marriage was going to be like, what we thought each of our roles as a husband and wife would be like. In the beginning of my marriage, I had all kinds of expectations, expectations of not working outside the home and just being a stay-at-home mom the whole time, and expectations of what our home life would be like and what our relationship would be like. I would even go so far as to plan out the day with our family 
Anytime that we were going to go to the beach or to the park together, I would have the whole day planned out in my mind before we ever left the house, where we would go, what we would do, how everyone, especially my husband, would be loving and kind towards us, like some kind of family scene that you would see in the movies. And when it didn't turn out that way, the way that I had imagined it, I would be disappointed and hurt thinking, why can't my husband just respond the way that I want him to, the way that I expected him to? Thankfully, my husband helped me to realize that what I was doing in these expectations that I had was actually ruining our day as a family because when my preconceived ideas weren't met like they, I thought that they needed to be, then I was disappointed and hurt, like I said. And how much better it was to not have those expectations, but to kind of let the day happen as it happened. To be thankful for the fact that my husband and my kids, that we were all together, we were spending that time together, and not be upset if things didn't go quite the way that I thought that they would, or he didn't respond to me in this loving manner that I was hoping that he would do. Or maybe we didn't go the place that I had planned to. But just be thankful for the fact that we were all together and we were having fun and making memories. It really didn't matter what we did or if his response was quite the way that I thought that it was going to be. So where do we get some of these expectations? Well, they can come from a variety of places. They can be from what we've seen in our parents' marriage or somebody else's marriage, maybe a close friend or relative. And they can be from what we have seen in movies or what we read in romance novels, which oftentimes sometimes look like real life, but not always. And maybe you've read in scripture, you know, that your husband is to love his wife as Christ loves the church. And so that's what you're expecting your husband to be. And we see marriages that are portrayed all around us. And in looking at them, we see those things that we like and we see those things that we don't like. And then we make conclusions as to what we think that that perfect marriage is. And we expect our marriage to be that way, or at least we're definitely going to work to make sure it comes out that way so that we have the marriage that we have always dreamed of. So how realistic are these expectations? Honestly, not very. Particularly if we're wanting them to be like what we've seen in the movies or read in romance novels, if that's what we want our marriage to be like. These are generally the fantasies of marriage and not what a real marriage in real life looks like. And think about it. We never dream about bad days in our marriage. When the car breaks down or the air conditioner won't work or the kids are sick or, you know, all those other things, those are never a part of our fantasy dream world when it comes to what is my marriage going to be like. And a lot of times our expectations don't take into account our husband's personality, what his likes or dislikes are, or what his expectations may be. Even if we marry a Christian man, he probably is not going to have the full concept or have fully grown spiritually enough to love his wife the way that Christ loves the church. It's a process that a man needs to learn his role in the same way that we as wives need to learn our role. And this process takes time. No one walks down the aisle with this, you know, perfect godly husband or wife that has it all together and knows everything already. 
it is something that we grow and that we learn over time. So then what happens when our expectations are not met? Well, when we get to that point in our marriage, when we realize that things are not going the way that we had planned, or our husbands are not behaving the way that we imagined that they would, we begin to be discontent, particularly in the area of how our husbands show love to us. This is the part that we seem to dream and fantasize about the most. Some of the other things like what our daily life looks like, how many kids we have, or for me, whether I was a stay-at-home mom or not, you know, some of those expectations, they're not as critical. And so we can live with the fact that they have changed a bit. But when it comes to how our husbands love us, this is very important to us as women. And changing our expectation on this does not come easily. As wives, We are generally quick to point out to our husbands that they are not living up to what we thought the married life would be like, what we thought our husbands would be like, what the love between us would be, and we tell them that we want them to change, that we need them to change. When we have talked to our husbands about this time and time again and still don't see any changes, then our talking turns into complaining and criticizing them for their behavior or lack thereof. We begin to wonder if they really loved us in the first place, or have they fallen out of love with us? The longer this goes on, the more hurt that we feel and the more distant and discontent we become. So what should our expectations be in marriage? To answer this, let's first look at what biblical marriage is supposed to look like. What are God's expectations of how we are to live and love as husbands and wives? So we're going to look at the husband's role first, and it tells us in Ephesians 5, 25 through 29, that a husband is to love his wife as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So the husband is to love his wife the way that Christ loved the church, and Christ died for the church. Jesus put the love for his children before himself and died on the cross for our behalf. In that same way, a husband is to have a deep, sacrificial love for his wife and put her before himself and to protect her. A husband is also to nourish and to cherish his wife in the same way that he nourishes and cherishes his own body to care for her well-being, both spiritually and physically. In 1 Peter 3, 7, we find that a husband is to honor his wife. It says, husbands, likewise, Dwell with them with understanding. Give honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, a woman being referred to as a weaker vessel in this verse is not intended to be derogatory in any way. But as women, we are different. When things go bump in the night or I'm in a strange place, I'm glad to have my husband beside me that he is there to protect me and not allow me to be hurt or dishonored or having somebody be rude or disrespectful to me. 
And then the next one is that the role for the husband is that he is to provide for his family. In 1 Timothy 5.8, it says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The husband is to be the provider for the family, to see that the family has shelter, has food, has clothing. They are the head of the household and are responsible to meet the needs of the family, again, both physically and spiritually. As women, I think that we can sometimes not realize the kind of pressure that this puts on our husbands. Years ago, I had my own business. It was a desktop publishing business. And it was starting to take off and starting to go well. And my husband was working at a job that was far away and he was spending a lot of time on the road driving. And he came to me one day and he goes, okay, so maybe what we should do is just build your business and have that support our family and I'll quit my job. Ladies, I completely freaked out. Like, are you kidding me? Just the weight of that responsibility in the thought of having a business that I was responsible for to support our family, to pay our bills, to pay our mortgage, our car payments, like all that stuff. That was huge. That was a game changer for me. And I thought, oh, no way, baby. Like, I'll support you. I'll do whatever it is that we need to do. But no, I did not want to have that responsibility and the weight of providing for our family. That was, that was a lot. And so thankful that my husband has um, always done that and we've always worked together in this, but we don't realize, you know, because we're not doing it. Some of us are not. I know that there are some of you that may be working outside the home and that you do support the family. And I totally like kudos to you because I couldn't do it, but it is a big responsibility that they have. And if you're doing, it's a big responsibility that you have and it weighs heavy. And I think that sometimes you know, we're just grown up in this thought process of, oh, the husband goes and works and, you know, the wife stays home and, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, we don't realize what kind of pressure and responsibility that that can put on our husbands. And even if you are the wife that works outside the home, if that's what your family dynamic is, which is totally fine, there's nothing that says it has to be the husband that provides in that way. The husband is still ultimately responsible for the care, for the provision for the family. But if the wife is the one that goes out and actually earns the funds and the husband stays home and takes care of the kids and that kind of thing, that's totally fine. Don't get me wrong there. But the husband is still ultimately responsible to God to be the provider and to care for his family. So Before you get like all over your husband and say, oh, see all these things that, you know, she said that the husband is supposed to do and to provide for his family and to honor his wife and to love his wife, all these things. Before you take all of this to your husband and say, okay, this is all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. Let's take a look at what the wife's role is and see how we are living up to our part. So a wife is to respect her husband. And we, re- we read this in Ephesians 5, through 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. 
So in the same way that we are to submit to the Lord and what he has commanded for us in his word, we are also to submit to our husbands. They are the head of the household. And as their wife, we are to show them respect by submitting to their request and the decisions that they make. Now, not that we can't voice our own opinions on things, but we need to do so in a respectful manner, not being demeaning or ridiculing our husbands for their decisions or the thought process that they have, not being rude or argumentative with them, but calmly and respectfully discussing the different options that you may have and the decision that you're trying to make, understanding that that final decision is up to him, and we are to accept that with grace and obedience. The only time that we are to go against our husbands in anything is if they ask us to do something that goes against the commandments of God. We are under the husband's authority and protection. However, we are still individually responsible for our own actions and for following God's commands. So if you are asked by your husband or anyone to do something that goes against what scripture tells you, then you are to say no, and you are biblically correct to say no and to disrespect your husband in that way. We are also to respect our husband's whether or not we think that they have earned it or deserve it. We are commanded to respect them out of obedience to God. And when we don't do this, then we're not only sinning against our husbands, but we're also sinning against God because we're not following the commandment that he has given us. And I know that this can be super difficult to do, and it flies in the face of our society and what many of us have been taught certainly probably against many of the expectations that you have. And it can make us fearful that we will lose our identity or that we're going to be miserable under the authority of our husbands. But know this, God is sovereign over all, even your husband. As you put God first in your life, as you seek his face and follow his commands, he will protect you. He sees everything that happens in your life and in your marriage. He has planned out every single one of your days, and he is faithful. So trust him. Scripture also gives us insight as to what our personal conduct should be. In Titus 2, 4 through 5, is where it tells us what the older women are to teach the younger women. And it states that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, and to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So here we are told to love our husbands and our children, and we are to do this with that same sacrificial love that Christ loves us with, in putting them first, in being forgiving, and in showing grace and mercy. In the same way that a husband is to put his wife before himself, as wives, we are, we are to put our husbands before ourselves. We're also to be discreet and chaste, not busybodies and gossiping all the time, but conducting ourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. Being diligent in taking care of our homes, making sure that the house is clean and the laundry is done, that dinner is on the table, all that stuff that we do all day, every day, and to do it well as unto the Lord. If we're honest, Probably both ourselves and our husbands have areas that we can work on in our respective roles. And that's okay because like I said, nobody walks down the aisle having this down pat and knows what this looks like and how to do it. 
It is a process and it is what we need to learn. And it's why we're here is to learn. And I'm sure that you're thinking, well, if my husband would love me the way that he should, it would be a whole lot easier to show him respect. And that's true. But the opposite is also true. If we would respect our husbands the way that Christ calls us to, then it would be much easier for our husbands to show us the love that Christ calls them to and the love that we desire. As we all know, as women, we want to feel loved. And when we don't feel that love or we're not loved in the way that we think that we should be, then we tend to complain and to criticize our husbands. And we ask them questions like, do you love me? How much do you love me? Or why is it that you don't compliment me or say nice things about me? Why don't you love me in this way or the way that I've asked you to love me in? Men, however, they have a different thought process. Your husband knows that you love him, but what he may not know is if you like him. When you point out to your husband what you dislike about him, what you would like him to change, when you criticize him or have resentment towards him, those are all things that he interprets as you disliking him and disrespecting him. And it makes it that much harder for him to show you the love that you desire. This basically becomes a vicious cycle or a merry-go-round, if you will, in that the husband isn't showing love to his wife because he feels that she doesn't like him or respect him, and the wife isn't respecting her husband because she doesn't feel loved by him. At which point, someone needs to get off the merry-go-round and stop it from spinning. As wives, we can do this, and we should do this if we want a better, more loving relationship with our husbands. We stop this merry-go-round by choosing to respect our husbands regardless. Regardless whether they show love towards us. Regardless if we think that they deserve it or that they have earned it. And even regardless if we feel like it. The husband is not told to love his wife if she respects him, nor is the wife told to respect her husband if he shows love to her. We are commanded to do these things regardless of what our spouse is doing. And ladies, we can't change our husbands, and we're not responsible to ensure that they follow God's commands. We are, however, responsible for ourselves, and that we as believers are obedient to God's commands that we are the wife that God has called us to be, and that we are that submissive wife to the best of our ability. So then how do we do our part? What are some of the ways that we can show respect to our husbands? Well, first, in appreciating your husband for who he is and what he does, you know, stop and think for a minute and recall the reasons why you married him. What was it about him that made you fall in love with him and want to spend the rest of your life with him? Think about those things as you begin to change your heart and mind to appreciate the good things about your husband. Appreciate the work that he does around the house or to provide for your family. A man's work is very important to him and the ability to provide for his family not only earns him respect within his home, but also in the community and with his friends. I mean, think about it. What is the first question that one man will ask another man when they meet? It's always, what kind of work do you do? And that's that's their most important thing to them. That's what they live for. That's a part of their identity. 
And so we have to be very careful that we appreciate that because a man's work is a part of his manlyhood and his livelihood. And so when you criticize or complain about the kind of job that your husband does or the work that he does, or, you know, that's a huge blow to him. It would be like him saying to you that you're a bad mom. Like, can you imagine that? And, but that's what it is when we criticize our husbands for this kind of thing, for the work that they do. So we need to be very careful when we talk to our husbands about their jobs. Sometimes changes need to be made. Sometimes they can't see what needs to be made because they're in the thick of it. But we need to be careful as we have these conversations with them to make sure that we are not criticizing or complaining or disrespecting them. And then there are other things that you can appreciate your husband for. And I'm going to give you some ideas, but ladies, please know there's no husband that does all of these things. So as I read them and go, well, my husband doesn't do that. That's fine because there's no husband that's going to do all of these things on this list. So the first one is to appreciate how he protects you and your children, both in your home and when you're out together. Or maybe he's someone that serves others and helps others who are in need all the time. And yes, sometimes it can be at inopportune times, like right during dinner and you were really hoping that he was going to stay home and eat with you. But he has that heart to serve other people and to help them when they have a need. Or appreciate his desire to be the spiritual leader of your family. Seeing that, you know, your kids are brought up in the way of the, in the Lord, or he provides time for you to be able to seek that time with the Lord, maybe to go to Bible study or that sort of thing. And then appreciate the fact that he wants to spend time with you, that he wants to spend time with the family and make memories, however that happens, however that happens to be. But just appreciate the fact that that's his desire. And then his desire to be intimate with you and to cultivate that special bond between you and him. Respond positively to his request for intimacy with you. He needs to know that you want him just as much as you need to know that he wants you. This means more to him than you may realize. So years ago at a, it was a, a day thing that we had done on marriage and the pastor came and shared with just us ladies and I was a little surprised in what he shared, but it's true. I have found it to be very, very true. And that is intimacy for a man empowers them. It makes them feel that they can conquer the world, that there isn't anything too big for them, almost like superhero. And with all the responsibility that they have with providing and protecting and in leading their families, they need this. And you are the only one as his wife that can give it to him. And trust me, I've talked to my husband about this. It is so true. And then other ways that we can show respect to our husbands is to express your faith in him as the provider, as a father, believe in him, be his biggest cheerleader, and then be willing and be truly interested when he wants to talk to you about his job or about sports, about anything it is that he is interested in. But be truly interested, setting aside whatever it is that you're doing for the moment and really listening and having that conversation with him, being willing to attend events or games or whatever it is that he's into. And you may find that you actually like it. So it's a good thing to be able to do. 
and then encourage him to have some time for himself, to spend some downtime alone or with friends. He needs this kind of time just as much as you do, and it will lead him to want to spend more alone time with you as well. And be his helpmate supporting him in his desires and his endeavors, being willing to make changes, cut corners, or in helping by offering solutions to challenges that you face, facing them together instead of saying, well, you fix it or let me fix it because I can fix it better than you can, but to actually work on it together and being there for one another. And then be submissive, recognizing his responsibility to God and to you as the leader of your household. Be gracious and merciful if he makes a bad decision. We all do it. Or if he forgets to do something and now it's causing a problem. Don't belittle him in this and pointing out what a dumb mistake that he had made, but help him to find a way to fix it and to make things right. Be careful not to disagree with him in front of the kids, your friends or anyone else. Do this in private. When you speak to him about something, give your reasons for disagreeing quietly and calmly. And if possible, you know, offer some kind of a solution or maybe another direction that you can head in that would work for you. But like I said before, working on the situation together, not against each other. And if you're at an impasse to where he thinks you should do one thing and you think that you should do something else, pray Pray for God to change your hearts, to change your husband's heart, if that's God's will, and be willing for God to change your heart, if that's God's will. And just be open to that. We get so set in our ways and we think that we have to be right. But, you know, there are times that we just need to change and adapt or our husbands need to change and adapt. And, you know, God's not going to lead the two of you on a different path. So if you're both praying for God to put you on the same page, then God is definitely going to put you on the same page. And then dream with him about the future. Even if the dreams seem unrealistic, like what does it matter? If that's what it is that he likes to do and and to dream about it, then don't squash those dreams, but go ahead and dream with him about what your future may be like, maybe a future vacation or where you might want to live one day, or if you won the lottery, you know, whatever it may be, but go ahead and dream with him and just, just enjoy that part of life. And then one other note before you go, it's imperative that we do this with the right attitude and mindset. Our efforts will be futile if we're only going through the motions for what we can get back out of it. If we're showing respect while constantly looking for changes in our husbands or a response for our efforts, then we're doing it all for the wrong reasons. And most likely you will be very disappointed. Our respect to our husbands should be shown out of love for them and out of obedience to God, regardless of what the outcome is. Our focus is to be, how can I be more like Christ? How can I be the wife that God has called me to be and be an example to my children, and to others who are around me. And I realize that in the beginning, this isn't going to be easy, and you may even need to grin and bear it for a little while. But trust me, it will be worth it. God can do amazing things in a marriage when we as wives follow his commands. To help you, I recommend that you post this following verse somewhere where you can see it often, and it's Ephesians 5.33, and it states, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, 
and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And again, that was Ephesians 5.33, and I'll put this in the show notes for you. So interestingly enough, while I was working on this particular episode, there was someone who posted on Facebook. It was a woman who posted in a marriage group on Facebook, and she asked the question, what is something that a woman can do to, to be romantic to her husband? And, and she said, now we're not going to, you know, we're not going to go to the intimacy area there, but what are other things? And surprisingly enough, the men who answered, none of them even cared about the intimacy part. What they cared about was that the wife did her godly role, that she was submissive, that she took care of the house, that she cared for him, that she cared for the children. It was all those things that the men saw as romantic and made them have a desire for their wives. See, ladies, what God's word says is true. It's what we can follow. It's what the wisdom that works in our lives. And we need to follow it. We need to trust it because he is the one that created marriage in the first place. And he knows what he's talking about. All those other expectations and the things that we see in the world and what we think that love is, it's not what God says. And God's way works. Have a blessed day, ladies. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today, and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.